0: Introducing The Step by PopSugar, a new podcast for and about unstoppable women. I'm stylist Kate Young, and in each episode, I sit down with some of today's most inspiring women. You know the ones we all look at and think, how does she do that? We'll uncover the powerful stories behind the pivotal step that started it all. This episode of The Step by PopSugar is presented by Sorrel. I
1: decided to do a shoot and I posted it on Instagram. And oh my God, the messages came flooding. And the first thing people were saying over and over was that I had never seen a black girl with a prosthetic before.
0: The voice you just heard was the inspiring Mama Cax. Growing up in Haiti, she was diagnosed with lung and bone cancer at the age of only 14 and eventually was forced to amputate her right leg. After years of hiding her prosthetic, Mama Cax made the bold decision to go public with her disability, appearing on the cover of Teen Vogue and Walking the Runway at New York Fashion Week. She's using Instagram to change the way we see beauty and celebrate disability. Okay, so we're sitting here, and you are wearing an olive green leather dress. Yes. With some gorgeous gold jewelry and a fuchsia line above your eye. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to know about this look you've developed. Um, The makeup is fantastic. This is kind of like this signature
1: look that I've been doing for the past couple of months, and I call it my grandma look. Um, (laughs) It's this idea of wearing Sexiest grandma ever. Exactly. um, (laughs) Wearing very, like, long dresses. Um, Still having my cleavage out, though. Oftentimes, it's just kind of a way to, like, uplift myself if I'm not feeling great, if I don't want to step out. So... You know, just looking good, feeling good.
0: Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me want to smile. <laughs> you know, there's something about color on someone's face mm-hmm. that feels happy. Yeah. Like when you see them, you think, oh, they had fun this morning. So tell me about your name. Um, well, my actual
1: real name is Kaxmi, and my last name is Mujus. But Mama Kax is actually my blogging name. And it was a name that I actually chose so I could stay anonymous on the interweb (laughs) when I had a nine-to-five. And now it's become sort of like my actual name. People only refer to me as Mama Kex. It's
0: cute. (laughs) (laughs) Why Mama?
1: Um, For, I think the main reason was I was at a point in my life in college where I was struggling emotionally. Um, I dealt with depression and trying to accept myself. And... I decided that I sort of started imagining this older version of myself who had reached a point in her life where she was confident and she didn't care what the outside world thought of her. So I channeled that older version of me for advice. And I thought mama was kind of like fitting for that. I was like, okay, that sounds like someone who's 60. So there you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it kind of gives you power, right? Yes. There's like a wiseness Mm -hmm. to that name. Yeah. Okay, what does success look like to you at this moment versus what you imagined success would be when you were growing up?
1: Um, I think when I was growing up, I don't think I thought much of success. I think as a young, awkward girl living in the Caribbean, I at some point I thought to myself, okay, I would be a math teacher because I love math and. Life kind of like took a weird turn when I was very young. I was diagnosed with bone cancer and that itself had metastasized in my lungs. And being so young, going through that process, you don't get to think much about a career or what your future looks like. And for me, it wasn't expected that I would live past three weeks. So um, I don't think those things were not sort of like things that I was thinking about. Right. But as I got older and survived cancer and started, you know, kind of like readjusting to life, I started thinking about what I wanted my future to look like. And it was always, it was always blurry. I I didn't know what I wanted. I spent, you know, three years of high school being in hospitals and, you know, just trying to figure things out. I feel like once I was in college, I just felt stuck being 15 and Mm. I had to play catch up. Um, it wasn't until I sort of like switched careers, became a model and blogger that I started setting up goals for myself. I knew why I was here, what I wanted to accomplish, didn't know exactly how I was going to do it, but, um, success became this thing where I knew for me, it meant, you know, writing out a couple of goals and me accomplishing those would mean that I've succeeded. So to me, it's literally the simplest thing ever. If I have a plan and I achieve it, then that's success in itself.
0: Right. It sounds like you were good at a lot of things. I'm curious if you were doing, like, becoming an activist and a blogger Mm -hmm. happened slowly or you just, you have a master's degree, you're good at math, (laughs) (laughs) you're pretty. You know, did all those things kind of happen organically or at one point did you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop messing around, studying, uh, you know, doing another degree or working at the UN or, you know, were you very know. clear or did it just sort of slowly I don't over? think
1: over? I don't think, I mean, talking about it now, it did seem like I had it mapped out and I was following some sort of, you know, path. But um, when I was in college, I was completely lost, did not know what I wanted to study. I must have switched majors ten times. Oh, really? Yes. And I remember specifically I wanted to study abroad. And My mother was sort of, like, concerned because I was still following up with doctors, trying to figure out, trying to monitor my situation, basically. And I remember telling her that I wanted to study abroad, and she would not have it. She's like, no, you're not going far. You have to stay close to home. So I chose um, Costa Rica, and I chose a program where I would only be away for two weeks. And the program that I went on was with this organization that did a lot of um, disability activism. Mm -hmm. And... I went there specifically to learn about the disability movement in Costa Rica, um, and it was just phenomenal. I was on the trip with a lot of other people with disabilities. It was my first time interacting with people my age with disabilities, and I definitely saw it in a new light. And I, th- I think it was at that moment, that summer, that I realized that the term disabled, me having a disability, was not something that I should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something I should be um, ashamed of it had power in it and there was so much work to be done Mm -hmm. in that sphere whether it was in international relations or fashion or blogging Mm -hmm. but I knew I was gaining a platform and that I could make a change wherever I decide to go as long as I was looking at everything through this lens of a disabled person.
0: Uh, You go from Haiti and and cancer and illness to being in New York and being on the cover of Teen Vogue. What's the short version of that? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the short
1: version. (laughs) Um, I mean, that experience is is still mind-blowing to me. I never thought in a million years that would happen. I think oftentimes when you never imagine or envision yourself in a specific, you know, field or platform, you are afraid to set goals for yourself. Um, I could never set those goals of being in cover of magazines because I didn't even know. Can I
0: ask a, a really personal question? Yeah, sure. Did you feel really pretty? Like, did you think of yourself as beautiful? And do you now? Uh, that's I mean, that's that's you actually are. <laughs> Thank you. Right in. The world has said, yes, you are. Did you, when you came
1: here? When I looked around me in school, I certainly did not feel like one of the prettiest people whatsoever. Um, and I think as I got older, I'm not sure if it was, you know, either I got prettier or, <laughs> or, or either I got pretty or I learned to embrace certain features. Yeah. Um, but for me... It, it was always a, a struggle of loving my body. Mm-hmm. And right after my surgery, I struggled a lot because I, I for sure thought, okay, obviously it's because I don't have a limb anymore. My body's completely different. I have so many scars. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started thinking I've always had a trouble with how I looked.
0: Mm-hmm. When I
1: was in high school, I felt like I was too skinny and coming from a culture where mm-hmm. fuller figured women are more embraced um, I remember always having this, you know, little belly that I always tried to get rid of. It was always something. Yeah. So I knew that I could get to a point where I could love this new body mm-hmm. because I knew it wasn't about me or how I looked. It was about the images I was being fed and right. what I felt like beauty was. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of now... When I look in the mirror fully clothed, I do feel pretty. Um, And this is where my love of fashion came about. Mm -hmm. My hatred for my body forced me to dress up
0: and beautify the outside, right? I read that you said that, that it's (laughs)
1: like a little
0: armor. And I feel very much that way. If for some reason I have to wear weird clothes, if Mm -hmm. I lose my luggage or, you know, for some reason I'm in somebody else's clothes, Mm -hmm. I feel so vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like I've lost my shell or something. Um, as you know, this podcast is built around a pivotal step mm-hmm. in a woman's life. But I think, honestly, you, you have so many steps mm-hmm. <laughs> through the way. But what I'm curious about is, do you remember the step when you chose not to be ashamed? Was it a moment? Was it a, over the course of a year or two years or a week?
1: I think it was a specific time right before I graduated college. Um, It wasn't completely my choice to step out, really. Mm -hmm. I remember that summer, um, right before graduating college, I went to Europe to study. And right before going... I realized there was a tear in the cover that was hiding the metal, my prosthetic leg, basically. Mm-hmm. And I went to see my prostheticist, and I remember him telling me that it, I needed a new one, it wasn't looking good, my options were to either completely take off the cover or not go with my prosthetic at all. And to me, not going with my prosthetic was not an mm-hmm. option. So I decided I was going to take the cover off. And I remember that moment when I did, I literally was in his office for an hour because I was dreading leaving the office and being out in the open. Right. And following that day, I think the the next week I spent two weeks at home, missed classes because I didn't want to face the outside world. Mm. I knew people were going to stare at me. People who knew me in school were going to have so many questions. Mm -hmm.
0: Because had you always been wearing, like, pants and things before that? I think my prosthetic
1: had, like, a foam cover that was in the same shape as my leg. So from the outside, you would not know that I had a prosthetic leg.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You would just see, you know, a girl walking with crutches. And I think it it was just so hard for me to have to face the same questions every single day. Mm -hmm. And... I, I like when people are curious because if they're staring, you know they have questions. And yeah. Especially with kids, like, I never, ever deny kids' answers because I think that's how they come to be, like, open-minded totally. people. Right? It just got me thinking, if every person who interacted with me when I was in college— have the common sense to think that they're not going to be the first person I interact with today who's going <laughs> to ask me the same question, life would just be so much easier. Like you could have little cards printed write <laughs> Right, cue cards, like, like here you go. This is what happened. <laughs> and sometimes I would just lie, oh, uh, you know, I got in an accident or just the short version accident. And I remember once a woman actually said, did you sue them? I was like, yes. And she's like, OK, great for you. <laughs> So conversation got really weird when I started lying sometimes, but it also came with a lot of shame, not being comfortable being out and about, being shameful about how I looked. And at that specific moment, I started thinking that I had never seen, you know, fashionable girls with prosthetic on social media or in magazines or any of that, um, And I decided to do a shoot, and I posted it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, the messages came flooding. And that was before I had, like, 8,000 followers. But the messages came flooding, and the first thing people were saying over and over, especially on Tumblr, was that I had never seen a black girl with a prosthetic before. Mm -hmm. And to me, I thought it was the most absurd thing ever because... I had met a couple of girls that I go climbing with. Like, I do rock climbing, Uh and they all wear prosthetic. Maybe I know, like, two black girls who also wear prosthetic. Um, But I realized I was in that community, so it made sense for me to sort of, like, know some of these people. But it just dawned on me that oftentimes when they were seeing people with prosthetics, they were, like, white, you know, strong-built army men and Whenever they did see POC people who were amputees, it was in a story about landmine or an earthquake. Even then, people never think about it, but pictures start to change narratives,
0: and it adds to the different narratives that are out there. Okay, so before we go to break, we've been asking people on this podcast, what are five things that they do to sort of take care of themselves, to manifest, to stay positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'm really curious to hear what you do. Okay, five things
1: that (laughs) I do each day. Um, I think first and foremost, I always tell myself, don't let pain take over. And I tell myself, no matter how much pain that I'm in, I need to try and be productive and don't let it ruin the day. So that's one. Number two I think each day I sort of like remind myself of certain goals, whether it's the goal for the day, the goal for the week, and try to tie it with kind of like my ultimate goal. I think this sort of like lets me, you know, keep my life in check and stay rooted. And third, this is something I do every day, and I also tell my followers to do it, is to disconnect to connect. And with social media, we tend to, you know, have those fake connections. You feel like you're connected to your friends or someone you follow, but oftentimes I don't feel like it's a true connection. I think it's so important That's for fascinating. people to...
0: I, it's not yeah. where I thought you
1: were going with that. No, I like this. Because it you have to let go of social media and all that it's feeding you to focus on real life. Because as much as we try to, and even for me, someone who is very transparent on social media, I'm, I still don't post about every single thing in my life, you know? Um, so I think it's so important for people to connect in person. I mean, I remember even in high school, I used to be on, on the phone with my best friend for like five hours. Yeah. Not even saying anything. I'm still like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's good. And I, I keep pushing people to do it. for me, it's like I try to, you know, FaceTime a friend, call a friend, text them. And the fourth one, I try to work out every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's, you know, in my living room, stretching for 20 minutes or actually going in the gym. Mm-hmm. And lastly, my last one is finding ways to make someone's day. Now that means connecting with my friends more. Um, And now I started even hosting like tea parties and dinners.
0: That's so so nice. I feel very adult. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back in a minute with more from Mama Cat. As I've mentioned, Sorel is our partner for this series. I've always been a huge fan of their strong, supportive and fashionable footwear. As women living busy lives, we need comfortable shoes. I think each woman in this series can agree that the more supportive your footwear is, the more powerful you feel. Check out their new fall styles at Sorel.com. Welcome back to the Step by Pop Sugar. I'm stylist Kate Young, and we are back with model and disability advocate Mama Cax. One thing I've been dying to ask is if you've ever doubted your decision to go public um, or regretted it? And if so, how did you move through that?
1: I never for one second regretted it. I I think I sort of like took the photographs, a friend of mine took the pictures, and I remember seeing them for the first time, and I was like, wow, it's beautiful. Um, and I think it was the first time I was seeing myself in that That's light. That's great. And posting it, it, it wasn't even you know, a question. I knew I was going to post it. And once I did, obviously, there was no turning back, but
0: it had so many positive feedback. Isn't it great when you can see yourself with a little distance, when you have a good photographer, a nice light, nice Mm -hmm. makeup, and you you sort of think, oh, do other people see me like that? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am dying to ask you some fashion questions. Bring it on. (laughs) Um, So the first thing I I was really curious about, and I asked you a little bit before we started, Mm -hmm. but um, your prosthetic legs are amazing. Thank you. So I wanted to talk about Um, where they're from, Mm -hmm. how you decide on the colors, when you started, when you like got the idea to start doing that. Yeah,
1: sure. Once I sort of like stopped covering my prosthetic, I remember one day just scrolling through Instagram and I saw this, um, what seemed to look like a pink leg cover. And I remember being in love with it. I was like, oh my God, what is this thing? And I reposted the picture, and I basically said it was in my um, Christmas wish list. And next thing I knew, the founders messaged me. Um,
0: that's so right? exciting. They had
1: been, the, they're from Canada. It's a couple. They had been longtime fans of mine and followers. And when they and you saw didn't my didn't know about I them. didn't even know about it. And when they saw my post, they connected with me saying they wanted to, you know, send me a leg like, cover. And so kind of, like, begin this sort of, like, wonderful partnership. Um, I did buy a couple at the beginning, but um, but then they started— so I became an ambassador, and they started making different leg covers. And at some point, I would even come up with, you know, concept and ideas, and they yeah. would make them come to life. And to me, it, it, this moment was so important for me because I also started seeing myself as a work of art. Mm-hmm. Um, there was space for improvement. There was space for creativity, and I just kept going. There there was no end to it because I could um, create a million outfits out of one leg cover. And right. And that's still the case.
0: I liked when you said to me earlier that they're a lot like an expensive pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. It's like a fancy accessory.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the, the great thing is that most people can get them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for some, I can understand that they can be a bit pricey, but. Compared to so many other, you know, covers on the market that you have to go through insurance. So they're like a thousand and more. Right. So these kind of range between two hundred to four hundred. And I think most people who have them have one or two. Like I said, you can you can have something that's very like neutral. Yeah. Um, so that it goes with everything. But I like the crazy colors. Like so I have orange, purple, it's um, so great. Crazy design, fluorescent, you know, yellow. So mm-hmm. I think oftentimes people see them and they think I'm wearing like one boot, high boot mm-hmm. or they think it's leather.
0: One of the things I think is so exciting about looking at your Instagram is that at first I didn't immediately recognize it as anything other than a fashion Instagram. Yeah. And the fashion's exciting. And then it becomes more powerful as you look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious about how all of this, um, what uh, what your Haitian family thinks about all of this and how has your success changed your personal relationships, your family relationships, and, mm-hmm. and what sort of your inner circle of people think about everything?
1: I think overall they all think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they often, you know, express how proud they are of me because I think f- they've seen firsthand like how I've blossomed. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think in general they're just proud and always like amazed of what I do because I don't bore them with the details of what I'm working on. Right. So sometimes they're just like scrolling through their feed and they're like, oh, that's my cousin, that's my friend. <laughs> I went to college or they're walking on Times Square like, I know this girl on the billboard. Yeah. So um, they get to see the final products and yeah, they're they're always happy to share. They're very supportive. That's great. Yeah.
0: I'm curious about the little moments that, You've experienced from a follower mm-hmm. or a fan an interaction with somebody who you haven't met who's impacted by what they see. I was actually by the pool in New Orleans,
1: And I remember kind of like not really feeling that great about myself. I was in a swimsuit. It wasn't sitting quite well. Um, and for people who don't know, I only have half of my pelvic bone. So technically I have one butt cheek. So bathing suits don't really sit quite well. I I was just sitting there, and in that moment specifically, I wasn't feeling great about myself whatsoever, and there were so many beautiful women just, like, walking out and, you know, in their beautiful bathing suit, and I knew I was going to do a quick post on Instagram. It was going to be some, you know, picture of me twirling in a beautiful dress, um, which was already drafted, Mm -hmm. getting ready to post, and I just looked at myself And I started taking pictures of every single one of my scars. Wow. So first I started with a scar on my shoulder blade. And then Uh a long scar along my belly. The next frame was a scar on my back. Uh And then a scar along my side. So one by one I took these pictures. Didn't edit them. Made sort of like a carousel. Posted it. And... The caption said, and old to all scars, old and new, big or small, visible or not, may they not prevent us from living happily. May they not hold us prisoners in our own bodies. May we not be ashamed of them. Amen. So that was exactly what I was thinking yeah. in the moment. It wasn't me trying to motivate anyone. I feel like that's what I needed at the moment. Right. Um, so I posted that for myself. And we're all human, we're all so similar in so many ways, so I knew it was bound to um, sort of, like, resonate with so many other people. But obviously I, I got, you know, so many great feedback, and friends messaged me, you know, my followers, supportive as always.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was posted around um, July. It wasn't until last week, I believe, I just clicked on my personal hashtag, hashtag Mama and I realized there was this picture of a young woman who had a mastectomy. And I clicked on it. And there was my my quote there in her own language. I can't, I'm not sure if it was Portuguese. So I literally had to click on translate, translate. to see what yeah. was said. And then in the end, she didn't tag me, but she wrote hashtag Mama Cax. Mm-hmm. And to me, knowing that someone who's, you know, a thousand miles away right. who might have been struggling when they saw this specific message and it resonated so well with them that maybe for the first time that that's when they were sharing their yeah. scars. Because when I scrolled to her page, this was her very, the only picture of her showing her scar as well. So I think moments like these definitely keep me going.
0: yeah. Tell me if you could gather together five inspiring, unstoppable women around your table for your uh-huh. dream dinner party. Yeah. Who would you choose? If I'm having a dinner, um, I don't
1: like big dinners, so five people is perfect. My five people um, will mostly be people that I already know. So the first person would be my friend Paula, and then I would choose two of my sisters. I have four, so sorry the other, oh the other two God. is just that they're <laughs> closer to my age. <laughs> For now. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely want to bring them together and have them meet some of my friends. And then finally, I'd have Michelle Obama. I had to have a smart (laughs) and do that. No, but she's a phenomenal woman. And I think my friends would, you know, go crazy if they met her at dinner.
0: Before you go, we want to play our favorite game here at the step. It's called step forward or step back. In Mm -hmm. each episode, we pose a rapid-fire round of real-life dilemmas to our unstoppable woman and get Mm -hmm. your quick take on whether you would step forward into the situation or Mm -hmm. step back. Okay. Okay? First one. You're trying to get over a breakup and the person keeps liking everything you post on social media. Do you step forward and block them to protect your healing heart or step back and ignore it?
1: Step forward. (laughs) (laughs) Block, block, block. (laughs) Delete,
0: delete. Okay. You meet someone for the first time and they refer to your disability in a way you don't like. Do you step forward and correct them or step back and let them learn on their own time?
1: Definitely step forward.
0: You post a beauty shot on Instagram and you use filters to make it extra pretty. A follower DMs you to call you out on not hashtagging filter. Do you step forward and address it or step back and leave it?
1: I'd probably step back, not even reply.
0: I think so, as long as you didn't put hashtag no filter and mm, filter it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mama Cax, thank you so much for being on the show. We can't wait to keep following your journey. And for our listeners, you can follow Mama Cax on Instagram at Mama Cax with two X's. We close each episode by asking our unstoppable woman, that's you, what makes you unstoppable?
1: What makes me unstoppable is... Several things. But if I had to choose one, what makes me unstoppable is my confidence, for sure.
0: I love it. Thank you for listening to The Step by Pop Sugar. You can find us at popsugar.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, share with friends, and tune in next week. This episode of The Step by Pop Sugar is presented by Sorel, making powerful footwear for unstoppable people.